worry box. He just had a teeny-weeny box. I, on the other hand, have a very large worry box. My wife, Bun, is one of my major suppliers of worries. What'd you do with the checkbook? She asks me. The checkbook? Is that monster loose again? I imagine, at that very moment, an escaped convict is picking it up off the sidewalk. Maybe he'll forge my name and deplete our checking account of every last penny. And after he has exhausted all our funds buying dope, he will come to our house, because the address is on the checks, and he and I will grapple with each other, and he will pull a knife and... Oh, Bun will say, here's the checkbook in my purse. Silly me. Now what's wrong with you? Nothing, I say, booting that worry out of my worry box. At least until the next time Bun asks, What'd you do with the checkbook? Bun's telephone technique is designed specifically to worry me. The phone rings. Bun picks it up. Hello? Yes? No. Me. One of the kids has done something bad with his car. Oh, my gosh, how bad? Me. It's real bad. Otherwise, the police wouldn't be calling. You just never expect these things to happen to you. Me. I do. When can we see him? Me. Only during visiting hours when he'd be wearing either a full body cast or an orange jumpsuit. So what is it now, I ask, stealing myself to deal with the horrible emergency? Ernie's garage. Ernie said he fixed the car's oil leak with a 35-cent part. What's funny is that to install it, he had to totally disassemble the car. Isn't that amazing? Just a 35-cent part. How lucky can you get? By the way, Ernie says he wants to talk to you about something when you get a chance. Ernie, the mechanic, wants to talk to me? I know what he wants. He wants my house in exchange for totally disassembling my car. That's what he wants. We're about to join the ranks of the homeless. You see from this example that the old worry about the kid is immediately replaced by a new worry about becoming homeless. I used to pity the homeless. Now I am one, and so on. The worry box is always kept exactly full. Where Bun really excels in worry production for me is on camping trips. It's popularly thought that camping provides a wonderful way to escape from the stresses of modern city life. I myself think this. I can always tell it's time to head for the mountains when I start getting stress cramps in my eyelids. They're quite painful and cause me to go about for days with a startled, somewhat horrified expression. People coming toward me on the sidewalk look at me, then jerk their heads around to see what's sneaking up behind them. It's an embarrassment, not to mention a major social liability. Once I'm back in the mountains, though, and Bun and I set up our tent and roll out our sleeping bags, the stress cramps vanish from my eyelids. Soon I'm drifting into a deep and peaceful slumber, the fragrances of leaf mold and cedar boughs caressing my nostrils. It's nice. Was that you? Bon asks. No, probably just leaf mold. I mean that snuffling. Did you just snuffle? 
I don't think so, I reply, trying to recall the characteristics of a snuffle. Oh, well, go to sleep. It was probably just my imagination. Yeah, but maybe not, I think. Maybe something outside the tent snuffled. A bird wouldn't snuffle. Squirrels and chipmunks are too small to snuffle. Something would have to be pretty big to snuffle. A deer could make a sound similar to a snuffle, but not a true snuffle. Actually, the only animal I've ever heard do a true snuffle is a bear. For heaven's sake, what's wrong now, Bun asks. Eyelid cramps. Now here's an interesting aspect of my worry theory. Up to the point where Bun mentions the snuffle, my worry box is neatly layered with worries about the children, work, money, illness.